Hey everybody, we want to welcome you to a special episode of the Get Your Geek On podcast. This is our Stranger Things debate. As always, we are your hosts, Charles Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. Anthony Arsenio. And this week we are taking a look at all things Stranger Things, and that is the Netflix phenomenon that has captivated the nation. The eight-episode series has been on Netflix now for over a month, so if you haven't seen it, spoilers obviously are going to be well afoot. But I figured we were going to try something different today, since we all love the show, rather than sit here and praise it for the next half hour. We are going to have a good old-fashioned debate. It's an election year, so why not? This is going to be (laughs) Anthony against Robert today. I have set aside some predetermined questions, and they're going to debate back and forth. I will award a point for each category, and when we get to the end of the questions, whoever has the most points wins. So I will remain a completely impartial party here. Whoever provides the best point will get the point, and here we go. We're going to start off. Obviously, we all love the show, so here we go. We're not going to sit here and pick apart anything negative about it, unless that's where the conversation goes. Who knows? But uh, obviously, we love this show and so many great characters, but if you had to narrow it down to just one, Anthony, I will give you the first question. Favorite character on the show and why? Oh, man. So is it favorite character or best character? Best character. Best character? All right. In terms of arc and redemption, I want to throw a weird one out there, but I'm going to pick Steve Harrington, Mm. the boyfriend of Nancy Wheeler. Mm. Because the whole time you think he's kind of a douche. Yeah. He acts like one, but then you realize he's he's 16, 17, right? Something like that. I mean, he's probably like a junior or a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So he acts the way he does because of his age. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just wants to get laid. That's mm-hmm. all. But he really does like her, and that's, I mean, that's made apparent throughout the series when he's telling his friends not to make fun of her. He didn't do, when they painted Nancy Wheeler as a slut up on the up on the marquee at the movie theater. I mean, he said, it wasn't my idea, I didn't want to do that. And plus, in the end, he saves them mm-hmm. with the spike, with the, with the baseball bat, and he does that cool spinny sword move yeah. where he like spins the bat around and then knocks the thing out. If it wasn't for him, Nancy would be dead and Jonathan would both, they'd both be dead. So I think he's probably the best character in terms of redemption. And, and you know, at the end, he's got that smug little smile. So those are your three-point categories. Redemption? Yeah. Emotion? Is that what you're saying? Because uh, of the Redemption, that- emotion, and he's just, I mean, there's really nothing too special about him, but he's the, uh, he's the unlikely hero that saves the day. So redemption, emotion, and the unlikely hero. Robert, your counterpoint. Counterpoint. My favorite character. Okay, so Dustin is my favorite character. Okay, let me tell you one thing. I'm just saying. Hold on, he gave you your time, (laughs) sir. I got to moderate this spare. He gave you your time. Dustin is by by far one of the best characters. He is probably the one that reminds us the most who is like us, who's kind of an outsider. And so he gives us, he's the most human person on there. That reminds us of the characters in terms of the, because he's just, uh, he's just an observer for the most part. He participates, but he gets to say whatever he wants. Yeah. (laughs) Gets to say whatever he wants. He has his opinion and it's actually valid. Even when, uh, when, um, Oh, God. Two characters are fighting. It's like, you drew first blood. He's calling his friends out. He is the most human character who just kind of sees things clearly, despite all the stuff that's going on. And he lives his life through D&D rules. So your arguments here are that he's relatable. Yes. He's one of the most involved characters in the show. Yes. And he's the most real-world character. Real-world character. Okay. So based on those three arguments, I'm going to have to award the point to Robert for Dustin and... There is a, a secondary reason to that. If I was a little bit partial, it's because he mentions Green Lantern when they're having the discussion. Yeah, How did Elle get her powers? Was she born with them like Professor X, or did she acquire them like Green Lantern? So, favorite character. Now, least favorite character, and why? 
a character that this show did not need. If you remove them, you don't lose anything. Steve Harrington. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be the weird one. I would say probably, probably Mike Wheeler's dad, the useless guy. He just sat there. I'm sure it's fine, honey. The government is taking care of it. It's the government. He is just useless. Should I go talk to him when his son's best friend is dead, or supposedly? Should I go talk to him? Be a man. Go up there and talk to him. You don't have to ask your wife for permission. And then when he's fixing the TV, well, I mean, he's basically a background character, but mm-hmm. he's fixing the TV. He's like, damn rabbit ears. And then she's, he's like, mom, can I play this game for a little bit longer? No, ask your father. Dad, can I play it for a little bit longer? Come on. Ask your mother. He's so useless. He should go. Authoritative, effeminate. And useless. useless. Totally useless. Okay. So I'm I'm going to go with a really controversial pick. I'm going to pick Matthew Modine's character as the most useless character that I could have done without because he was just... Who did he play? He was the villain. He was the villain. Government. He was the government guy. Okay. He, was, he just showed up. He did nothing. He saw he did all like these things. Like Papa? So, he just, yeah, like Papa. Yeah. He just showed up and did these things 11 now you could have had a government conspiracy and had all the people get shot and had this guy behind the scenes but i felt his character was useless because he would show up and just kind of look at you menacingly and not he just didn't feel a part of the story no and that's where i didn't you know that's where i didn't appreciate it It was like okay it's nice to see matthew modine on camera but he's really not doing anything except being that typical 80s you know secretive government villain which you could have you know the 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 woman who cacked the guy in the beginning of the of the show was much more interesting. She was way more scary. When, she, scary like, than he when she shows up at the teacher's it's house like, and it's like, like, like asking about the kids, it's like yeah, it's like oh yeah, it's like oh yeah, really. All right, so when it comes down to those two characters, Mike Wheeler's dad versus the government official, I'm going to give the point to Anthony for the simple reason that you negated your own point by saying he is such the 80s quintessential okay. movie villain when right. that is what this is supposed to be is the quintessential <laughs> cheesy 80s villain. Yeah. So, okay. I point get. to Anthony for that one there. Now we're going to move on here to quite a bit of a little one here. What is the best B story in this show? So obviously the L storyline, the Demigorgon, not important at all. What's the best little running story? The one thing it could have been resolved, could have been left, however, that you liked in this show, other than the whole let's find Will and what can Elle do? Hmm. I, I'm, see, I'm tempted to say Hopper's story because Hopper's story is really cool and Hopper is just so badass. But I think I'm going to have to give it to Mike Wheeler's dad. He just wanted to get that TV fixed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. I don't that. know. The B story, I really did like Steve's, um, his his whole, like, just the whole thing. I mean, it started out with him trying to get laid, and it ended up with him really falling in love with this girl and trying to do anything, even telling his friends off, just to, like, you know, prove a point to her that, you know, he really does care about her. And he even says that at the end when his friends are being dicks. He says to them, just you know, you never even really liked her. You never even really cared about her. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think, I'll, yeah, I think I'll go with that. Oh. Steve Harrington forever. Robert? Um, I'm going to say uh, Nancy Wheeler's story. That was one of the best B stories in terms of this because it's it's this moment where she realizes her friend Barb is missing and nobody seems to care but she does. And what happens is you see that she, you know, as the more she becomes involved, you see that she's starting to catch up uh, with her brother 
in terms of this on this path of trying to connect the dots together, finding out what happened uh, when she meets up with Jonathan Will's brother. You're like, OK, now they're starting to see things. And then when she goes to the upside down, the dark side, it's like she's really pulled in. And then she becomes this uh, she becomes this girly character who really becomes strong by the end of the story because uh, she's, you know, she's with fighting with Steve and Jonathan. Yeah, I always felt like she's like the Ripley. Yeah, it was like she became Ripley. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's so good with the gun, too. She's like, and like you need to get out of here. She's like, it was like old scene where like, you need to leave now, Steve. It's like, what? You need to leave. So when it comes down to those two characters, I am going to award the point to Robert for the simple fact that a good B story, it has emotion, has resolution, and does have longevity over the course. It's not a simple one episode storyline, and then it's over. So Robert takes the point for that one here. Too sweet. Now, the best overall episode of the eight, and why? Um, I say, just in terms of emotional capacity, I have to go with episode eight, the finale. Um, Only for the reason where, I mean, also, maybe the first episode, because that was just a, it was really screwy. That is my choice. The second episode is really good, too. But in the last episode, when Eleven faces the Demigorgon, I mean, in the last episode, too, the kids, who they named the monster... The Demigorgon, they kind of knew what was going on almost all along, and then they finally get to see the monster and just the shock in every single one of those child actors' faces. It was so believable. And I mean, I watched the series one time with my girlfriend and another time with my my really good friend of mine. And both times when Eleven fights the Demigorgon and she just screams, everyone in the room started crying. Both times. I mean, it's so emotional and just raw. Everything wraps up in a nice way. It leaves you with a little trail at the end for, like, a good bit of mystery. What the hell's next? What mm-hmm. could they possibly do after this? And that's everything a good finale needs. Yeah. Uh, mine is episode one. That was That's what drew me into the, the Phantom story. Menace? <laughs> God, Robert. No, not that one. The uh, first episode where it, it just drew me in. It, the moment you saw it, it gave me all the trappings of an 80s film, uh, amazing stories. So anybody who remembers that, and you've heard me talk about this before, it just drew me in immediately. And the moment where you see what happens to Will, and then it just, you're like, what the hell's going on here? You see that guy running out of the building, and you're <laughs> just trying to get away from this beast. It just was, you're like, what oh, am yeah, I watching? I forgot that's the cold it's open. Like, that's like, what are we watching? Yeah. What are you watching? You're trying to figure out what it is, what's going on. Is episode one where Will's mom gets the phone call yes. and it's just like static? Because yes. that freaked me what right What kills me out. about, I have to like interrupt this a bit for a second. What kills me about that scene and even when she goes for the old one, we had that exact phone growing up. That exact yeah. cream yep. rotary phone. And those things were indestructible. So that was like such a little like homage moment for me. But so wrapping up with the your points here not even like i'm trying to make this even so i'll explain why i'm going to give the point to anthony with the final episode for the Mm -hmm. reason being that the best episode in a show should encapsulate that show Mm -hmm. in the entire episode and nothing encapsulates that show more than the the fight with the demigorgon with the single moment in that that i take is them with the the slingshot just cocked ready to go and they even pick up the monster that aren't fearless that are there to like we're going to defend our friends and i can fight and that was so quintessentially what this Mm -hmm. show was was can i just say that the kid that had the slingshot, the little black kid, uh, la, la, la. whatever. He's the, like he's the worst uh, character. He on the show had, to me, so. he had Lucas. like th- Lucas. He had the greatest posture I've ever seen for someone with a slingshot. 
just like that wind up and the Bart closed eyes. It was so good. All right. Of course, he had the bandana across the forehead too. So going in, we are now tied two to two. Uh, Anthony just took the last point. Now here's a, an interesting one, and you can go wherever you want with this. No limits. Recast one character on the show, and why? One on a rider. I'd recast her That's immediately. That's the easy. Uh, bull, I'm sorry, <laughs> bull crap, man. That is the easiest. I thought pick she was in the, the show. worst character. She's on the show. obviously the worst character on the show, but like, okay. I don't so know. Recast I like... her. Same exact lines. Same exact emotion. Same exact performance. That's what you have to take into this. So everything has to be the exact same. They have to emote the same way. You're not changing anything about the performance. You're just changing the person doing it. Mm. So if that sways your decision at all, Sally Field. <laughs> That's going to be a hard one. To I beat. would replace Winona Ryder with Sally Field. Okay. He picked the easy character, but a damn good actress. Yeah. Okay. So mine would be again Matthew Modine because I just didn't like his villain. Um, so keep in mind, same performance. Same performance. Oh, Alan Rickman would be really great in that role. Okay. Yeah, that's totally legal. He's you can go and anywhere. Two, he passed away. What <laughs> like he would have been perfect for that role because it's just um, Matthew Modine doesn't emote well. Like he and Alan Rickman emotes without even. Yeah, and he's yeah. also like unbelievable when he yeah. talks. It's I, just it's it's. I didn't buy it from him. It was like he was trying to explain it, and like you you not to say that you want an English actor to do this because I think Matthew, I, I I just didn't like his performance. And again, nice to see '80s actors working again and '80s you know. Oof, I'm gonna actually have to call this one a tie because you guys negated each other's <laughs> points. You recasted a bad actress with an amazing actress who could bring an emotion, and you casted a bad actor with an actor that doesn't need to say a word to bring <laughs> like just terror into your heart. Yeah. So I'm gonna give that one a tie. I didn't my, think that was uh, my my B answer would I still would have replaced her, but with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. Uh, I couldn't handle mother. Brundlefly in the Stranger <laughs> Things universe. Uh, all right. Wow, I did not think that that was going to wind up a tie. I thought that was going to be like one of the left field questions. All right. Now here's a, a counterpoint for you that you guys aren't prepared for this question. Pitch me your best Will story and twist. Will becoming the Demigorgon. That's it. Mic drop. Like, it just... <laughs> strategery. Season two, his slow progression as the next villain of the series. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think he can just end it right. You don't even need to go deeper into that, Robert. Mm, that's a hard one. That, you're in check right now, buddy. You got three moves left. Oh, um, best Will story in for season two. If we were going to do it, oh man, um, man, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> oh God. Oh. What would I tell the story of? It's kind of like you're an amateur guitarist and Jimi Hendrix just got uh, off the stage because that was. Yeah, that's the. I, I I feel like. How would I do that? I would probably try. I would probably try to see. on this. Yeah, I would try to tell the story of Will trying to search for Eleven. Okay. That would be it. I mean, like, it, that's weak sauce. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, I'm that's sorry, just, man. Anthony, that's weak sauce. Anthony, like, you got that, that was a left field question. The so. moment Anthony stopped talking, he won the point. Yeah. Wouldn't so, it be cool was, if Will had a way to instant, basically, like an instant transmission, like just instantly teleport into the upside now he's, down? Suddenly he's Goku now. Just, that would be cool because he would be the key to the doorway between the two worlds, and the the boys could use Will to get there mm-hmm. to search for Eleven. That'd be kind of neat. All right. So that was way too easy of a left field question. So now Robert's going to get the first chance here to make this fair. What's 
<laughs> the best supernatural moment in the show and why? Uh, the storyline aside, episodes aside, just the best one moment that encapsulated the supernatural aspect of this show. Uh, the first episode, the guy running out of the belt like that, him trying the cold open where he's just trying to get out of you see this you see all this fuzz or toxic uh, like uh, like you dandelions running around and he is booking it out of there like he's just like I've got to get out of here. He's waiting for the elevator. The elevator is slow and you're like, what's coming? What's coming? And then there was that awesome alien homage where it just pops, it pops down, out of the ceiling and pulls like, him up. And that was like the supernatural moment for me. Um, Very good point. Now, Anthony. Mine's easy. I've already know this one. Eleven flipping the truck. Uh, see? Mm. All right. Because uh. that was so cool. First of all, no one saw that coming. No one. Nobody watching that knew she was going to flip this truck 20 feet in the air. Killed whoever was inside easily. Yeah, they're not, they're not they got crushed. Yeah, they, there's no way that there's an A-team moment where, like, oh, the guy's got truck. Actually, you know what? I'm going to retract that. Was... When you really show Eleven's power is busting the brains out of the three security guards in the building in the end. When they all start bleeding from the eyes, nose, and ears, that was pretty wacky. You have a strong point, but I'm going to award the point to Robert for the simple fact that that's... It's, in its essence, supernatural by definition. More eleven doing the truck is more super heroic than mm -hmm. anything like that, and the security guard thing is more retaliatory. And it, like, there's there's emotion behind. It. There's a reason behind it. Mm -hmm. Just pure supernatural. You don't know anything. So I'm going to reward that point to Robert. I personally would have gone with episode three. The whole alphabet on the wall thing is when on right. That's questioning what I was Will, pick. And then you get to see the demigorgon coming out chasing her. That, that to me was cool. like. Coming through the wall. Yeah, you get every aspect of supernatural there. So had any of you said that, you would have just won the point in my head. Uh, now, three points and keep it to three points. Things that you have to see next season. Okay. Um you want to go first? Yeah. Um, what deal Hopper made with the government? Uh, uh, what happened to that uh, upside down slug that uh, Will vomited at the end of the series? And um, will Eleven come back? Very good answers. Okay. One, did their science teacher ever get laid by that <laughs> hot Asian girl that was he was on a date with? Two, um, Where's Eleven because Hopper left the waffles at the end and the, the hot food? What's the deal with that? And does the box hold any significance? And then three... Was Mike Wheeler's dad's TV really Did he up? ever get the channel that he wanted? Um, <laughs> there should be a whole episode in season two. <laughs> I would add to that... Um, I'm going to piggyback off of one of yours, but I won't directly steal one of them. Mm. Why after the... Yeah, I know. No, you see, I'm going to build a wall around your answers, and it's going to be great. So um, <laughs> when Will spit out the slug, and he saw the upside down for a moment, how come when he went back to the table, he said, everything's fine, and then went right back to eating his dinner? I thought that was just really weird, and I need to see why that happened. In true politician style, the point goes to Anthony. He appealed to the everyman with wanting to know if that guy banged the Asian chick. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we all want to know, did he get it in? I mean, these, that cold open season two should just show us what happened. You know he did. <laughs> He's got that sweet mustache. All right, so coming in with just several questions left, we have Anthony in the lead with four points, Robert right behind him with three. So now we have to go. We've had best supernatural moment, best single moment of the show. One moment, and we're not counting the finale here. You can't pull anything from the final battle. So best just single moment that encapsulates this show. 
11 in the Egos. <laughs> that is good. There's two answers that I had in my head. That's one of them. So I'm going to see if you nail the other. Just think quintessential moment in the show. Doesn't have to be relative to the plot. Just what you think that moment is like, oh, that, that show is something that I love. I'm going to pick a weird one here and kind of go off the cuff and say I think it had the best original score I've heard in like the last, I mean, I can't even think of a, a movie or TV series that had that good of an original score except no Maybe. offense, but that's like picking my favorite te- member of the team, the Bat Boy, because you know he's the guy that really makes sure it gets <laughs> I don't done. Know, the, just, music, the music to makes me, the show. That show would not have been as dramatic if they had anybody else produce the soundtrack other than the two members of the band Survive that did. I mean, everything about it, it was just so quintessentially eighties and perfect. They hit all the right beats. I don't know. I'm just gonna go with the music. So music. I, I can't hear half of those tones or instruments without thinking of Stranger Things now. Um, Best single moment in yeah. the show. Outside of the... Uh, oh, the, yeah. You, wait, you already gave uh, me an answer. Maybe. Eleven taking the Egos. Uh, I'm going to give Eleven taking the Egos. The only other answer that I had in my head was Mike and Eleven's kiss. Just because the whole explanation of like... We can go to the snowball. Uh, you'll be like my brother. <laughs> yeah. No, not like my brother. Like, as it's soon just, as he asked her to the snowball, I was like, well, she's it dead. It had such honesty in the way that moment happened of him wanting Because you just saw, you literally saw it in his eyes of like, should I make that move? Should I do that? And that's just so quintessential what it's like at that age. Like, it actually took me back a little bit, mm. which is one of the best things that a show could do. But yeah, absolutely, Robert with the ego. So you guys are staying in this pretty tight here. Coming down to the final two questions. So who's going to take this thing home here? All righty. Now, you have to tell me the best 80s moment in this show. One moment that encapsulates the 80s perfectly. That you were like, oh, yeah, that's that's so spot on. Easy. Dad with the rabbit ears on the TV. That's all I remember doing in the 80s. Trying to wiggle those damn rabbit ears so I could catch a little PBS. There's a very, I'm going to tell you, but there's a very simple answer to this. Either that or I would say when Will's brother Jonathan is showing Will uh, his, his like favorite soundtrack when they're listening to the record because that was pretty good. So, Robert, you get two chances since he had two. Two amazingly 80s moments. I'm trying to think of a, I'm, I'm, that D&D was... D&D was one of them for me, just to see. It's like, you know, what do you guys do on a Friday? What do you do on a weeknight? You play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, <laughs> if you're bored and you have a kid. Uh, what was the other quintessential 80s moment? Oh, oh I think the, the high school. That was like it. They, they like they played up the entire high school, the archetypes of Steve Harrington's friends, like the cool guy, and he's got the really douchey friend. And, and the, the nerds. And the, and the nerds. and The ham radio. Why didn't I say that? Ham yeah. radio is definitely up there for me. The AV club. So All right. So I'm going to award that point to Anthony because yeah. I, I think that he, he kind of knocked out of the part there. One moment that I would have thought that it was quintessential 80s was just kids riding around on their bikes Thanks. with lack of adult supervision. <laughs> Nobody cared where anybody... Like, those kids were so far out of adults' points of view. Oh, so, think about it. Like, they almost <laughs> killed Mike, pushed him off a cliff. Not an adult for miles. Nobody was Not like, only that, the kid was going to stab his friend in the face. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> not an adult to be seen. Yeah. And that's what it was like. Literally, they would come home with street See, lights around. See, that's why I, I know that... Uh, that Will's dad was kind of a dick, 
But he was right. There's he went up to the quarry. There was no signs anywhere, no guards, no railings, nothing. And that's where the kids were playing at the end. And Will, not Will, uh, Mike went off of a cliff. You're gonna jump. Yeah. So he not, did though. The balls on that kid. That, that was that was one of those moments where I was like, oh shit, this kid's actually got like some gall behind him and stuff like that. Like he had a spine because up until then he was all talk. Well, but, he went and pushed the bully too in the middle of the assembly. Which that was a cool moment too. Like that was like the, I wish I had done that. Like yeah. All right, so I did not actually anticipate we were going to be tied going into the final question here, but uh, here is the tiebreaker and really, really put some effort into this one. Replace Eleven's superpower with any power of your choosing. Plot remains the same. Only thing different is the power. So no telekinesis. No telekinesis. Yeah, the so- yeah, see that's what you get here. That's the sound of thinking right there. Okay. Uh This is exactly the response I wanted. I'm so happy. Right I want to see 11 be able to teleport in and out of Are the you upside down. To the heroes fan- is that pandering right now? No, in and out of in and out of the upside down at will. Will. Um being able to teleport the kids out of danger. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to go with the old uh jumper. Teleporter. I was gonna go. Uh, just sort of the lines, not to piggyback off, but the ability to warp reality, and so uh, because then that make helps the plot make much more sense why the upside down is peering in versus that, and why she has some strange connection with the demi gorgon, or why it appears that way, anyways. Yep. I know you're stumped because teleportation is your favorite power <laughs> joke. I'm going to award the point to Anthony because of the fact that teleportation would allow the plot to kind of remain the same. But if I actually had to give an answer, I would blend both of yours and make her power the ability to open up the doorway to the upside down and back. Mm. So it could be her unwillingly letting the demigorgon, things like that, and something she can't control. Yeah. So she unwillingly does it when she gets, the same way that like when she got amped up with emotion, she would move things and stuff like that. When she gets amped up, she opens the doorway and God knows what can come through. Mm-hmm. But so, actually, or be sucked out. There you go. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah, she could accidentally just banish people to the upside down. Yeah, that'd be so because that would have cool. that would have made that whole thing with her. Like, let's say anyway, she you've, was, you've both seen Heroes, right? Yeah, there was a guy who was on only one episode of Heroes. He could create black, black holes, holes that sucked people in, and he did it by accident. Yeah. Like that was probably the first thing. Something like that, where she could just <clears throat> and someone's just gone. That, yeah, that would have been a cooler thing when she gets rid of the guards yeah. in the in the last episode. She just banished them to the upside down instead of killing them. That would have been way cooler. And then you cooler. cut to the end of the season, like the last shot of the Upside Down, you see everybody there, like, what the fuck is or happening? Or just all of them hanging in the walls yeah. with the tubes in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Ugh, no, cool. Me, so, yeah. so I won this debate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so actually, Anthony wins the, the first Get Your Geek On debate. I actually thought Robert was going to pull it. Robert, you led really early on, man. I thought that you were going to finish strong, but Anthony came from behind. I share he, my victory with you, sir. I think it was the, the moment he put the Asian chick out there, the tide started to turn. <laughs> And then you tried to get it with the Egos, and then he just killed it when he said that. You, you know, hear that entire continent of Asia? We're coming for you. Ni hao. Moshi moshi. Uh, but yeah, so Stranger Things, obviously we love the show. Check it out. We'd love to hear your responses, see what you thought of Robert and Anthony's answers. Make sure you check out our episode next week. We're going to be bringing you our top three movies in many different categories, debating them and seeing what you're going to think on our live chat. So for this week's episode of Get Your Geek On... I'm Chuck Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. And I'm your humble winner, Anthony Arsenio, the best there ever was. Finish him. Anthony wins flawless victory.
And we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you check out Stranger Things on Netflix and let us know your thoughts below. As always, you can catch us on Nerd Herder, Nerdorama Network, and YouTube. Have a week, guys. Bye. Get your freak on. Get your freak on.